This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, Rye. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about EMPs. Um, basically, we're going to talk about China. We're going to talk about what kind of threats are out there, what America's doing about it, and what we can uh, you know, expect from other countries. Uh, the bottom line is an EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. Um, the idea is people are afraid it's going to take out the power grid, possibly all electronic devices, um, it really depends how strong it is. Uh, it will also take out uh, possibly vehicles. There's mixed reviews on, you know, we did a study in the 90s where it ended up not really damaging many cars. Um, some shut off, but like 80% were able to be restarted or, or, you know, kept running. A lot had no effect. Now, obviously, cars are getting more and more advanced and more and more technical we really haven't done a proper amount of studying to understand its effects and, and how, you know, devastating it would be. But bottom line, it is kind of a general consensus that a a reasonable sized EMP would uh, end up taking out our power grid. Either it would end up destroying the uh, transformers. Basically the power lines end up acting like antennas, and then take out uh, the Transformers. And even if all of them weren't destroyed, you end up with that cascading effect of the power grid being kind of wiped out. Now, we did an episode a while back on EMPs where we kind of went into the details of what you can expect, what might work, what you can do to protect against it, that kind of stuff. That's another episode. Today, we're going to kind of talk about what we're doing as a country, and you know what we can uh, expect now basically the first reported um acknowledgement of an emp 
was uh, in 1958, we uh, had a uh, EMP during a helium balloon uh, nuclear test that we did where it was up high and it ended up, you know, taking out things and we ended up being a little surprised and shocked by it. Um, how much, you know, of an effect it had, but yeah. And it was, a, <clears throat> now that wasn't very close. That was supposed to have some, some impact in, in Hawaii, you know, it damaged some streetlights and things like that. Right. Yeah. So that's Carl. That was they, called starfish prime, the starfish nice. prime EMP. And so, I mean, things like that. So we, over the years, have been looking into it and developing it, but or uh, developing kind of theories and responses. Uh, we also, you know, there was that Carrington event in uh, 19, or sorry, 18. Man, I can't talk. 19, 1859. That's the one. Eventually, I'll get the dates right. We had the Carrington event. And that was like a solar storm and it ended up taking out all the, it basically used the teletype antenna wires, you know, the wires that connected station to station. And basically a solar storm ended up sending a surge through those lines that actually shocked operators working the teletypes as well as actually saw, yeah, caught some of the stations on fire. Um, right. And that was kind of one of the things that got us, you know, going on that. There's been other solar storms and whatever. That's kind of another episode, but that got us on track about it. So we ended up putting together a uh, EMP commission around 2000. Mm-hmm. And we said, hey, you guys need to uh, really get to the bottom of this and figure it out and decide if it's really a threat. 2000, they're like, yeah, we looked at it. It is really a threat. That's about as far as that went. Right. Um, right. Then again in 2008, we put together another commission. We're like, hey, you know, we're still kind of worried about that in April. Do you think that we could, uh, you know, look into this? And at that point, they came out with a like a 210-page document. And they're like, yeah, it could really fuck us in a lot of ways. It turns out it is a real threat. And it is something we really need to be worried about. We should get on this. And then we didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Then again in 2017, they said, you know, what about those EMPs? What do you think? We should get on top of that and, uh, you know, really look into it and make a, uh, you know, commission, come up with a plan. All right, we're going to get on that. And we did nothing again. Now, then... Here's where we get serious. In 2020, Trump had uh, kind of pushed for this and was like, hey, you know, we should really get on that EMP thing. And we were able to put together a six-page report. Now, the first page has a big flag on it. Okay. Very nice. The second page was like kind of an index and glossary of what you might find in the report. Okay. And then the third, fourth, and fifth page, they tell you about, we have no idea what an EMP is, and we're trying to figure it out. Okay. And Problem then they, they thank themselves at the end. So that okay. was kind of the end of that. 
And then Biden now discovered that this might be a problem and he's going to have somebody look into it. So our government is not exactly worried about it or at least worried about it publicly. One of the things that we basically seem to find is it's not one of those sexy things because one, you kind of associate it with crazies and, and conspiracy theories So you end up uh, like it's kind of like the UFO thing and the the unidentified flying phenomenon or whatever we talked about last or the week before. Right. But it's like that. So basically the federal government says, yeah, it's a real problem. The private sector needs to worry about it. They handle the electrical grid and uh, they need to do it. And the private sector is like, you're not giving us any money for this and it's not going to help mm-hmm. our profits. Yeah. We're not really worried about that either. Cause that's not our fucking problem. We don't do national defense. Right. So basically I think that's kind of where it's falling apart is it's kind of something we don't want to spend money on because it's mm-hmm. complicated. It's conspiracy theory and nobody really understands it. Now, yeah, it's not, they're not going to take it serious until it actually happens. And then they're going to and then they're going to be like, like what didn't yeah, we know it was about all this? these other people's fault? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it definitely right. seems like, like a, th- there's a blame game going on. Right. Uh, so but don't worry, because China is taking it seriously. They are. You're like, why would China take it so seriously? Well, because China plans on using EMP devices. <laughs> Or at least that's, that's right. what they publicly say. Right. So there was a, uh, you know, I mean, let me see here. They, there was an article that came out about two weeks ago uh, in the New York Post. And it talked about how, you know, it, that there was a, a report that came out called the China EMP threat came out in on June 10th, 2020. Now that goes through and has all kinds of crazy ideas. Let me tell you some of the things that China's saying. China says they have HEMP simulators and defensive and offensive programs that are almost certainly more robust than any in the United States. Now this is in their propaganda magazines. Now, the reason I'm, okay. I'm kind of going through this older report is somehow China has been getting all worked up about Taiwan. Right. You know, John Cena, whatever, they're getting all worried and, you know, who knows? Yeah. I think John Cena got them like, hey, you know, Taiwan's its own thing. And they're like, what? America cares about Taiwan? I'm not sure he was the only connection, but I feel all like right. he's connected. All right. All right. Um. So anyway, they put out all these Chinese newspapers and they talk about, you know, how great they are. Now, again, keep in mind, this is a lot of saber rattling and this is like Russia with their propaganda, you know, kind of military, you know, hey, we're cool. Look at us. We're going to have a parade with big missiles rolling through town. Uh There's a lot of that. But let's see what they say. So China's military doctrine regards nuclear HEMP. Now, what a HEMP is, is high altitude electromagnetic pulse. 
So that's basically when you have the nuclear weapon, uh, they do an ICBM, which is intercontinental ballistic missile, and they shoot it up and, and it explodes up in the atmosphere and basically creates a, uh, you know, an EMP as, as we described earlier. So doctrine regards HEMP attack as an extension of information or cyber warfare and deserving highest priority as the most likely kind of future warfare. So they're, they're saying that they're on, they're in the game. The foremost people's liberation army textbook on information warfare, um, explicitly calls upon China to be prepared to exploit HEMPs offensively and to defend against it. China's cyber attacks in June 2015 on computers on virtually every single federal agency. Do you guys remember we mentioned that? They had that Mm -hmm. big hack and nobody seems to care. Um, Stealing sensitive information on millions of federal employees um, should be regarded as possible practice or pet preparation for total information warfare, including a nuclear EMP attack. This is what China put in their newspaper. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. They, they discussed, uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff here, but, and all this that I'm reading to you now is coming out of the China EMP threat put out by the Dr. Peter Vincent Pry, executive director of the EMP task force on national and Homeland security. And that's in the 2021. Um, The weak points of the modern aircraft carrier, as big of a target as the fleet is, it would be easy for a satellite to locate it and missiles to conduct saturation attacks. And they basically have plans to take out whole battle groups and discuss about how they would do that. So I feel like that's something we should be kind of paying attention. Um, Now they have several different types of weapons. That's what's weird. You had mentioned to me when we were discussing earlier that uh, the U S has some EMP weapons we're working on now. Yeah. So they, they've got a, um, they call it the counter electronics high power microwave advanced missile project or champ for short. Basically Mm. it's a cruise missile that's got an EMP as its warhead. And that's, that's for very focused, correct? Right. So they would target a specific facility and set off an yeah, you know, fire the, the missile and then set off the EMP above the facility. Right now, China, and this is why I kind of had you bring that up, says they're on the verge of deploying hypersonic weapons that could potentially be armed with nuclear and non-nuclear EMP warheads. Um, Hypersonic glide vehicles and hypersonic crudus missiles is what they call them, um, that can reach an altitude of 40 to 100 kilometers where they skim along the atmosphere and glide, as they say, and then deploy EMP weapons. So they've already developed and are focusing on these. I'm sure they watched us do it. And then, you know, they made some photocopies and yeah, because that's, that's kind of how China operates. Stuff. Right. Yeah. They also claim 
that they have satellites, that they have a wide array of space launch vehicles and satellite launch centers, the name of a bunch of Chinese cities that I can't understand, that could be right. used for the above high, uh, high energy, you know, EMP surprise attacks. Again, these are coming right from China. Um, an HEM, HEMP attack could enable China to level the playing field and defeat the U.S. by being the most effective means of quickly neutralizing large numbers of LEO satellites that are crucial to the U.S. military operations. If China is orbiting nuclear-armed satellites for HEMP surprise attack, this would be one of their deepest and best protected military secrets. Again, this is from the EMP report. The Outer right. Space Treaty bans orbiting nuclear satellite weapons in space, and China has pursued and ex- used lots of propaganda, offensively criticizing the U.S. for militarizing space, while at the t- same time orbiting space-based missile defenses and from improving U.S. military, all right, orbiting U.S. military satellites. Beijing's official policy promises they will not be the first to employ nuclear weapons in a conflict. However, Beijing promises that their nuclear forces are for deterrence and retaliation only, not aggression. However, the U.S. report says, For both Beijing and Moscow, nuclear war plans and C-3 to execute those plans are national security crown jewels that they try to protect and conceal behind a bodyguard of lies and disinformation. Yeah. Um, Last thing here I have on this, I have lots more, but China's nuclear posture, especially the lack of early warning radars and satellites, is kind of a use it or lose it philosophy. And basically, as you dig down deeper into this report, it basically says that militarily, China's best bet at fighting with America and and being successful would be a strike first kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, that, That, you know, along like Russia, they kind of run around with that, hey, we would never do anything but then to, you know, go and act the other way, depending how things, you know, shape up. But basically what's causing all the tension recently is Taiwan. And so basically China has put together where they could actually deploy an EMP in Taiwan. Now you're like, well, that's kind of weird because Taiwan's very close to China. And that could possibly damage Chinese infrastructure. Well, one, I would say nobody said these people were smart. But two, here's where we get in. They have continually been hardening their country for an EMP attack. And the reason they're doing that is because they're thinking they might be the ones to deploy it. Like they Mm -hmm. think it's a real threat because they're like, hey, we might do it. And mm-hmm. they're thinking, hey, if we deploy a, a, a nuclear weapon in Taiwan, it could affect us. But if we're prepared for it and nobody else is, then we could successfully 
basically they're planning on intimidating us to where we don't do anything and don't right. react right. when they yeah when they plan on on pulling taiwan back into the fold right um in this most recent article that came out uh about 2 weeks ago china threatened an intense nuclear showdown if we uh you know decide to do anything with uh taiwan and stop them from uh reunifying china right. back to its former glory um they another quote from them is we must be prepared for an intense showdown between china and the us um a large number of icbm subs will be the pillar of our strategic will now if that doesn't sound like good propaganda i don't know what is uh-huh. um the number of of claims or yeah the number of china's th- this is another quote from their newspaper the number of china's nuclear warheads must reach the quantity that makes the us elites shiver should they entertain engaging in a military confrontation with china mm-hmm. um the reason i think we should fear china is that they are desperate and basically when you know kind of cage the uh the animal that's the mm-hmm. you know when they get desperate and lash out you know when you put them in right. a box and they've been doing all this posturing and when you have all the posturing you end up getting you know somebody who's desperate and you know needs to lash out so it's really right. something I, I don't know if China would be bold enough on their own. I always kind of in my mind figured it would be something more like they push North Korea or Iran to do something. But they definitely have been doing the research, building the weapons and, you know, trying to come up with ways to do it and defend against it. And that's what makes us so vulnerable because on the surface it sure as hell appears like the US isn't doing anything. We've done most of the commission reports do acknowledge that it is a real threat and that we should be concerned about China and their capabilities with EMP weapons. And yet it appears we're not really doing anything to protect it. Mm-hmm. Protect right. against it. Doesn't, it doesn't seem like the United States is doing anything in preparation for anything like this. So I do find it concerning. Um, I know if you go to ready.gov, they will tell you you should have like a three-day supply of water or something. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have that. <laughs> well, they're doing something. Right. Yeah, ready.gov is one of those uh, one of those websites that you can find all, all sorts of terrible things that are probably going to happen and, and things that you can do personally um, to keep yourself alive for a couple of days after these events. Yeah. Uh, other Hopefully than that, you're kind of on your own, though. And that's assuming Hopefully FEMA will comes, show up and and right. and get get a camp ready for you. And assuming nobody comes in, you know, stabs you while you're sleeping, you know, there's that. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It just more and more, I I just see these things as as you know, kind of more serious threats. Um, mm-hmm. China is continually uh, doing cyber attacks on the power grid. There was just a uh, report from the uh, Department of Energy that uh, 
you know, we needed to take seriously the, uh, the real possibility of um, cyber attacks and, you know, that it would be possible for us to uh, respond with military might is what we were saying. And it's just, it's getting unreasonable. The energy secretary says energy or sorry, enemies are capable of shutting down the U S power grid. Well, if we believe that, and then in the article, she lays out, you know, there's continual attacks against our power grid. That's, that's a real threat and something we should consider. And it's weird how it kind of gets lost in all the, you know, goings on and, and nonsense that we worry about every day. And, you know, I, I guess it's one of those things that it hasn't happened before. So it obviously right. would never happen. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the best logic I can make sense of. I mean, yeah, it's it kind of one of those like, things. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen until it does, you know? Right. Uh-huh. And it doesn't seem like uh, the United States is is doing anything aside of saying it's it's an issue and it can be uh, can be a serious problem. And China is specifically saying that they're planning on using this yes. in an event, you know, uh, in the future. So, yeah. you know, and it's like like you said, you use it or, or lose it. I mean, what's what's the point of developing all these uh, these electromagnetic pulse weapons if you're not planning on ever using them? And, uh, you know, they say the same thing with nuclear weapons, you know, it's a deterrent, but, um, you know, it is a deterrent until it's, until it's used. Yeah. But it's a deterrent to stop us from, you know, uh, defending Taiwan. Right. And, you know, the more we get over there and, and the more we get into it, China's getting more and more worked up. Now, do they have the nerve to actually do it? I don't know. I, I don't know that they do. Um, I like to think that China, are, the Chinese are cowards and weak. Um, I just like to say that because I know we have some Chinese government <laughs> listeners out there. Um, uh-huh. I like to get under their skin a little bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's something you need to be aware of. You need to, you know, realize these are possibilities. Um, we have, you know, rogue into even, you know, smaller groups that are, you know, cyber attacks like shutting down that uh, oil pipeline, right? Or gas pipeline. That was mm-hmm. kind of a big deal, you know? No, it, it didn't affect us personally that dramatically. It wasn't a big deal. You know, on the East Coast, you didn't, you know, you weren't able to buy gases readily. You had to wait in line. You know, it was just like, you know, having Jimmy Carter for president for a day or two. Right. You know, you mm-hmm. got to experience a little bit of nostalgia, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean that the, these things aren't possible, you know, just because it's never really happened on a large scale. You know, I, I guess it's that normalcy bias, you know, things always kind of go on the way they always are. You know, nothing ever changes. You know, that's what they say. There's nothing new under the sun, right? You, right. you never get anything new, but one day it's very possible. And I'm not saying... Well, an EMP, that's what's going to take us out. No, I'm just saying there's so many possibilities out there. Um, you know, you have the the whole solar storm thing. Um, you know, they say we expect to see a solar storm of significant uh, 
significant force every hundred years or so, and it's been 160 years or something since we've had one. I mean, right now, yeah, now, we're kind of due. Goes through uh, an 11 year cycle, and we're just ramping yes. up on the next cycle. Yes, that is correct. To make us, you know, more likely that there are going to be solar flares. And they said it's going to peak in 2025. So okay. we're just we're just on the front end of this, and uh, you know, every every 11 years that go by and nothing happens, you know, it increases the likelihood that it's going to happen. They say there's a 12% chance every decade of a, of a, you know, a massive solar, solar flare, flare that right. damage the electronics. Now you're saying 2025, actually to kind of confirm those numbers in 2015, we had a small solar storm that actually uh, took out GPS throughout the Northeast of the United States. And in 2015, it wasn't that big a deal, but in 2025, how many self-driving cars are we going to have? You know, how many things are, you know, a little bit more. Um, 1989, there was a solar storm that uh, over Quebec that had a, province-wide so for you americans that would be like a statewide power outage for nine hours now again nine hours not the end of the world but this was a small solar storm it wasn't you know a a, you know large major one like in 1859 Mm -hmm. there's uh in 2012 there was one that was almost as large as as 1859 But believe it or not, the way we were rotating around the sun, it ended up shooting out and just missing Earth and kind of shot out past us. So maybe that was our 100-year, you know, storm. But maybe it wasn't, you know. We've basically been directly hit on average every 100 years. So one missing us, you know, maybe that was – maybe we got lucky. We dodged a bullet on that one. You know, but who knows? Now, the one thing that's kind of interesting, too, with a solar storm is the the guy Carrington was a, uh, I, uh, I don't know, the guys who stare at the sun, whatever. Um, anyway, he, uh, he actually saw the burst kind of come out of the sun, mm-hmm. and then it came down and hit. So what we were able to learn from him paying attention and doing that astronomer would be the word that I was looking for um, Mm -hmm. is it takes 17 hours from when we see it to when it actually hits the earth. Now, I don't know. Do they spread panic or whatever? Do you get a news alert? Hey, in 17 hours, you're fucked. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't disconnect know your electronics. What is what I, happens there? I'm kind of going with, we probably don't get that news report. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but you know, to each his own, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe your government really cares about you and thinks you as an individual could prepare better than they could prepare for you. If you believe that, then I wouldn't even worry about it. I mean, you're probably going to get a call. Hey, you know, you might want to protect your stuff. Just, you know, looking out for you, you know, check on the kids, you know, whatever government mm-hmm. might do that for you, but they might not. That's all. Um, all right. So that's that's kind of, you know, what I have on that. I do have a little update on uh, UFOs, turns out. All right. Now, you guys uh, remember that. that we said 
they were going to start to release some information. Mm -hmm. Um, Some FBI or, you know, the FBI and everybody was going to release some unclassified documents. Well, some of those are starting to slip out. Mm-hmm. And I did read there was a report that Tesla, Nikolai Tesla, was an alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, there is a paper in FBI files uh-huh. that now the FBI doesn't say that he's an alien. I'm just saying they had a paper. Why would they keep it and not just throw it out as nonsense that mm-hmm. said that? It turned out that Tesla was brought as a baby and given to Mr. and Mrs. Tesla there. Like like Superman. And throughout, yeah, exactly. Um, Venetian people <laughs> were the ones. All right. All right. In case you're, you need to get to the bottom of this. And he was constantly in contact with people from other worlds. Okay. And the FBI had this paper. They didn't write this paper, but they had this paper in their possession and they didn't say anything to us. Mm. Now this, I found this it just shocking. This, this just is, came this out. Is part of the UFO report? I I don't even know. They said it's one of the newly released documents is what I read. All right. All right. So I'm it's- just saying that's something you guys might <laughs> want to get to. I also watched a fascinating documentary on how the moon is hollow. Oh, hollow moon. Okay. Hollow moon. Yes. Um, Something about it's a quarter of the size of the earth. I don't really know if that's true or not, but if that was really true, if it was solid, it would have like its own gravity and it would mess up things and it couldn't possibly work the way it was. And also apparently we dropped one of those Apollo, uh, lunar landers onto Mm -hmm. it and when it hit it actually like gonged like when you hit a bell and kept reverberating for over two hours hollow because that's where the space nazis are they're in the exactly now he's gotten it all right i'm just saying these are other things you guys might want to look into there were nasa scientists who they had confirming this gong bell theory i'm Mm -hmm. just saying Something you might want to look into, or at least that's what YouTube led me to believe. All right. New, YouTube's always always right on top of that stuff. I mean, they do a lot of fact-checking for that stuff. So right, right. Sure. It's Google, right? Google owns YouTube, <laughs> so everything on there must be true. I mean, who has better resources to verify if something's true than Google? Do they not? I mean, I, I see you smile when I say it, but I feel like, you know, they're, yeah. they're the king well, when it comes yeah, to, they, they're the, yeah, they're, they're the ones, uh, YouTube's the, the, the spot to go for all your flat earth, uh, theories too. So, I mean, you can find, you can find just about anything in there. All right. You know, putting that out there. Um, so anyway, that's what I got. EMPs. I'm just saying they are a real, you know, something to be aware of. Do I run around in fear that, hey, I'm probably not going to make it home from the grocery store today because there might be an EMP at any moment? But I'm just saying, you know, it's not completely impossible. And taking extra steps, maybe revisiting our previous EMP episode, 
uh, kind of checking out some of the things you can do to prepare. Look into uh, a Faraday cage, maybe set some electronics aside that might be useful in a situation like that. Um, you're out traveling, having a, you know, maybe a GPS that you uh, have secure in a Faraday cage might be a cool idea, something to have. But otherwise, uh, if you guys have thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, maybe you're into getting some cool Prepping Badass gear. Uh, that would be available at uh, preppingbadass.com. And otherwise, you should uh, write us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you uh, are listening. And with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.